welcome to the third episode of Oakleaf at Work. My name is Jen Clay, and today I'm delighted to say my guest is James Morris, founder and MD at Trafalgar Marquise. And we're going to talk about sometimes a bit of a oft forgotten area of workplace mental health, which is addressing it in workforces that are not based in offices. Welcome to the podcast, James. Thanks very much for having me, Jen. Yeah. So um, I guess to just kick us off on this topic, would you mind sharing a bit about Trafalgar Marquis, uh, perhaps, you know, your, your journey um, to running that company, what, what they do and, and um, how you've become involved with Oakleaf as well? So we're a marquee hire business, um, pre-COVID, predominantly hiring marquees for a wide range of uh, corporate events. Um, and now we provide marquees not only for corporate functions, but also temporary structures for a whole wide range of applications, such as temporary classrooms um, and anywhere that needs additional space. Mm, okay. And how big is your workforce, more or less? So our team now is about 12 full-time, and then we'll scale up in the summer, depending on how busy we are. Okay. And is a large portion of the scale-up, portion of the scale-up, kind of um, more part-time, uh, kind of, short-term contract staff or uh, absolutely right so mm. yeah we have um teams that join us individuals that join us in the summer on a short-term contract often university students or sometimes freelancers so we have a real mix in the team of full-timers um, based in more sort of office roles um temporary teams that join us for the summer season and then operations roles at on-site uh, that have limited contact in the office due to the nature of their role Right, so a, a real mix. So it's not just not just out of office working. It's, it's a mixture of both, depending on the role and time of year. Interesting. And so, why would you say are you sat here chatting to me about mental health? What what brought you to be interested in um, be at Oakleaf or addressing mental health at Trafalgar? So it's been on our mind for for a long time, and um, I spoke to Clive a couple of years ago about just bringing mental health to the fore of the agenda of what we do at Trafalgar. And then COVID-19 and the pandemic made sure we really notched it up at another level. And now we try and put well-being at the absolute core of what we do at Trafalgar, which is tough at times. And there's a lot more we can be doing. Um, but we've started on that journey with the help of you guys. And it's been hugely beneficial to what we do and how we do things. Mm. Thank you. And what would you say are some challenges, perhaps unique or perhaps not unique, to the, um, shall I say, construction and related industries when it comes to, okay, mental health is an issue across all sectors. It's very much an issue in the construction industry. But what are some perhaps challenges that uh, prevent you from easily addressing this with the staff? Sure. I, I think the... The underlying issues are probably not unique to our business. They just present themselves in different mm. ways. But look, having teams that are uh, on the road on a variety of sites, rarely having the team together due to the nature of the operation means uh, communication can be challenging, even with the best of technologies. Um, and really getting the message out or just seeing if someone is okay or they're struggling Um and as you know, people think different types of communication or speaking to people in different ways uh, is acceptable. So it's trying to get that common understanding when you rarely spend the same time in the same room um, or you might see each other for a couple of minutes in the morning for a quick team brief um, 
and then depending on the nature of the, the jobs they are, some of the individuals might not see each other. So it's sort of a series of teams within one one larger team. Um, we like to see ourselves, of course, as a little bit of a family as well. Mm. That kind of lack of um, you know time united together is I could see being a real barrier because especially if I think about workplace mental health guidance broadly, often there's lots of um, uh, encouragement to instigate more communication, regular check-ins, all sorts of kind of social events, um, both with the mental health guys or not, you know, things like coffee mornings and um, all sorts of team meetings. You mentioned team meeting, but um, what would you say has worked well to make the most of the minimal time you do have with other staff, whether it's all staff or a, or a, a court proportion? Yeah, of course, those conversations are absolutely key, right? And even when we do have meetings where, especially with events or even the temporary structures that we build, where... Um, we're very much succumb to live event deadlines. So anything that happens, it could be a change of the weather, traffic on the road, all these marginal additions of sort of 10 minutes here or being stuck on site or, you know, a part not being delivered, especially with strained uh, supply chains at the moment, all eat into our time and then ultimately things we've scheduled. So it's very difficult to sometimes put something in the diary and absolutely commit to it. But it's really important when you have... Um, those conversations and uh, Jeff McDonald uh, mentioned it in his talk and I've heard it from other senior leaders uh, at Unilever as well it's just having that time to have those conversations so we really try and promote that and we make sure with our senior management team we check in with the kind of mental health um, sort of I guess how we're feeling barometer and just constantly try and have those conversations which is challenging and it's challenging when the team and the business is by nature task focused to live event deadlines um, it can be particularly challenging especially in the summer months mm. uh, even in the winter months because of course we're working with shorter days so time just just moves slightly differently um, but it's making sure we commit to them having those small conversations um, I'm a huge advocate of psychological safety in the workplace um, and Amy Emerson's work so it, it's really promoting that at, at every level which can be a challenge and I'm sure we don't get it right all the time um, but it is just constant and like you say with communication with our office team we there are advantages we have um you know microsoft teams etc and all the other channels and, and we use them throughout the business but it is more challenging to perhaps break that barrier when people are doing manual labor and there's a fine line of accessing a mobile device to get information all that sort of push-pull of information communication and dissemination becomes more challenging so we just have to look at other ways of getting it out it's saying to the, the team leaders and the managers um, that, you know, use online and offline communication, putting posters up in the yard. It may sound a bit old school, but just really trying to enforce it at every step and just remind people. Stereotypically, the construction industry in particular has quite an, an issue around talking about mental health, um, not the industry the, itself, because there's actually some fantastic work being done to address poor mental health industry, but the workforce. You know, we, we know that, uh, for example, rates of, of suicide are so much higher in the construction industry and amongst men. Um, and a lot of construction professionals, you know, don't work for organizations with policies like yours does. Um, 
So how do you work around that perhaps reluctance in talking about mental health or indeed is is there still a reluctance to talk about it there there definitely is a still reluctance to talk about it that's for sure and like you say a stigma and of course everyone else is different and everyone responds differently and it's perhaps noticeable now as you know we live in not sure post-pandemic world but things are opening up again and life is getting back to what we perhaps call normal is we see things happening on sites that we wouldn't think are we do not deem as acceptable in our business. The people talking to people, um, talking in an unacceptable manner, quite frankly, and that is ultimately damaging to the well-being and what we do and how we do things. Um, but I think ultimately it's about being, you know, committed also to our core values in the business. Um, for one of us is um, teamwork and, and honesty. So really breaking down that and respecting if someone doesn't want to talk about something, that's that's also absolutely fine, mm-hmm. right? It's We can provide the tools and we can guide and provide the frameworks um, if we think, or, you know, management or their, the, the friends and colleagues think they might need extra support. But ultimately, it's not our job to force them to do mm-hmm. something or make them talk about something they don't want to. Um, of course. And I think we have to respect that as well, Mm. right? Often um, something, you know, we talk about, it's, you know, the asking isn't the invading, the the continually forcing someone to open up when they don't want, clearly don't want to, that's an invasion of privacy. But offering out, asking the question, saying um, what you've noticed, if perhaps someone um, has exhibited behaviors that might be indicating something's wrong, providing resources as you say it's it's opening the door and saying we care about mental health we care about your mental health and there's ways in which we can support you if you are if you if you want or if you feel comfortable Mm. absolutely and i think as you mentioned before especially um in the construction industry some of these stats are quite shocking and horrific um and especially in events and construction we have some great clients that are doing some amazing work in this area and it's great to see on site um but it's also down at everyday level is the use of language you know very simple things um i know i talk about psychological safety a lot but it is all about um making sure we answer the right questions in the right way simple things um you know when we're asking about just health and safety you know how comfortable are you with something on a scale of one to ten rather than asking leading questions because ultimately that's not going to create the right environment um, and we don't get it right all the time, hands up, but we certainly try and remind all of those who have responsibility. We have responsibility to each other, but everyone uh, in a team leader role and, and into management as well. Mm. And I think what you're uh, drawing on is wider workplace culture and the fact that mental health cannot and should not be looked at in isolation it's related to so much else such as psychological safety people being able to feel comfortable in in voicing when they're when there's a concern that they have or when they think something should be done differently or um feeling also literally safe at work um but also the the you know values of teamwork and all the rest supporting well-being is of, of course connected to all of that and um i'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on how the influence of senior leadership in a company has a, an impact on the day-to-day. I, I think it can make a huge impact. Um, and it's also being vulnerable yourself and talking about situations you found yourself in. 
you know, running what was a heavily um, focused events business in COVID-19 was extremely <laughs> challenging. Um, <laughs> some pretty awful days at the start of the pandemic. And I've been pretty open with my, uh, with my team about that um, and shared my experiences. Um, so, and that's part of it. And yes. also saying to the team, look, this is where we're going. We don't know exactly how we're going to get there. Um, but we sure as hell know where we're going. Um, and we all look after each other as a team. We don't always get on with each other. Um, that, that's part of, of life, but we're happy to call each other out um, on things as well and have a good time ultimately. Of course. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, we, we do know that specifically with mental health, hearing, from, you know, people share personal experiences of just mental health, be it good or, or poor, is invaluable in you know, reducing stigma and changing the conversation. Mm. And, and I think if, if leaders aren't, happy, aren't comfortable to have that conversation, that's also okay, perhaps, is to say you're not comfortable and maybe signpost to other leaders um, that have had those experiences or felt comfortable. Or, for example, circulating things like the Roman Kemp documentary on suicide or, you know, lifting up others either around you in um, if there's any colleagues who do feel comfortable opening up even if it's not senior leadership um, lifting them up to be able to share their story in a way they're comfortable with Mm. exactly and of course in a smaller business it can be tougher or in any business because sometimes the lines can become blurred um, and you form very close relationships with people Um, so leading and a team and a family it can become very blurred lines um, but, you know, we're very lucky we live in a world, especially in the UK, with a lot of resources around this. Of course, there can always be more. Um, but just to signpost um, and consistently signpost to this. Absolutely. These kind of um, resources. And so what what sort of either resources or tools or um, support do you, um, or not you specifically, but your colleagues signpost people to if they are, if they are struggling? What might be some that have been... Have been helpful. So a lot that are helpful provided by by you guys at Oakley for sure. Yes, <laughs> um, we provide resources such as um, counselling, as you know, um, and other online and offline resources, or just you know, initial if you feel comfortable chatting to someone or chat to someone outside the organisation, no questions asked. Um, we also then monitor uh, engagement surveys on a quarterly basis, based on um, a number of factors. And also, you know, things like, do you feel that work um, positively helps your mental health mm. in the last uh, quarter, etc. And then on top of that, we also monitor um, uh, teams on sort of a daily basis in terms of uh, how they feel about their work. Mm. So that's also dovetailed in what we sort of support on a weekly basis in terms of resources and, and pushing out Um we try and provide as sort of as much as we can, but there's always a lot more that we can do. But also, you know, conversely, starting somewhere makes a big impact. And I know that you've been working for some time on really addressing this and making sure that this is a core part of your values as a mm-hmm. business. And that, uh, and often, um, the repetitive nature of explicitly stating that as a business you're positive about mental health, care about mental health and well-being, you know, that does sink in. And um, it, as we know, you know, it's not something that can be just talked about once and then the message has gone through. And so now we don't need to talk about it again. The, the reoccurring nature of simple things 
sharing resources, put it, having those posters up, pointing people towards mental health and well-being and kind of having that um, get into people's psyche that, okay, this is, this is a workplace where it's talked about, um, makes a big difference. Uh, absolutely. And part of that was also um, the way we presented things. So yes, we offer um, counseling, but at the same time, um, sort of three, six months later, we started offering a new um, healthcare package, part of which um, offered therapies. And we were very Brilliant. keen to um, include that. And whilst that might also be counseling for some people, it's viewed by different people in very different ways. Yes. If they're reaching out to counseling versus reaching out for healthcare that happens to include um, therapy. Yes. And you have touched on an important point around terminology, um, especially perhaps amongst a demographic that might not be naturally inclined to talk about mental health. Say for, I think I remember you, you um, ran a kind of, uh, kind of breakfast chat where you brought in kind of baking buddies and had a chat and it was a good touch point for talking about how people are getting on generally did you include the words mental health in that messaging or no yeah so we also roll it into well-being quite a lot mm. because i think uh, again it's breaking that stigma framing terminology it matters uh, it, it, matter it matters worse, especially around engagement and attendance Absolutely. And, and different teams, like you said about one-to-ones, different people will react to different things in different ways. We're all human. We're all different, right? And as a small business, we can try. We can't always, but cater for different individuals where we can. Um, and part of that language and terminology is hugely powerful, right? So um, depending on what we're doing or um, the type of thing we're doing, we might term it as, as, as something different but ultimately we're, we're still trying to get the same barometer and see what else we can be doing um you know team activities is another one uh we went out go go karting a, a few months ago mm. ultimately that comes out of our well-being budget right yeah. some people might say it's not but for us it is yeah um, and that's guided by what the team wants to do based on the results Great. of the engagement survey and i'm glad you brought it back to the survey because this is something that is not as prevalent as um i believe it should be mm-hmm. Asking a workforce all sorts of questions yeah. on a regular basis in a hopefully unbiased, anonymized manner that um, can enable people to 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 say, actually, I no, I'm not okay with 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 certain things, or actually, I am struggling, yeah. or I would want some access to counselling uh, or what have you. Um, can you tell me a bit more about um, that kind of? survey process how 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 did you you know sometimes it can be a bit daunting gosh where do i draw the questions from how do how how do i start where it's, how is that process for, for so you? where do i start is always a big question i think with, with anything um we're very lucky and we have some fantastic resources you guys um we had uh, an organizational psychology student working with us um for about six months and we also have a fantastic uh, external hr consultant advisor so um, we really kind of robbed and borrowed all the ideas we possibly could. Which is brilliant. Gather that expertise. And also, I think it's important to note that um, more and more companies in every industry do want to do something about this. So it's likely that 
peers um, in Absolutely. the industry um, are uh, might have you know interesting useful initiatives just like just like yours for example and hopefully you know some people listening might draw some inspiration from uh, the sort of team building activities mm-hmm. that you do you know what's nice in this ever expanding world is especially as mental health gets higher up on the agenda is people don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, so that's great that you could bring in, you know, some, some experts and, um, individuals from different areas to, to develop that. Definitely. And as you say, it is truly anonymized. Um, and then yes, we do share the data with our, our senior management team so we can make improvements, but it's, um, it's made clear. It's absolutely anonymous, uh, to everyone involved. We obviously track our data each quarter and we make sure that we do listen to it and we do make improvements. And also part of that process is speaking to the team and making them clear that this is what they've asked for. So this is what we're doing. Yes, you um, said we did. Very important. Absolutely. Um, I guess another um, resource just to share is, is Mates in Mind, which do fantastic work in the construction not just the construction industry, kind of related industries providing um, all sorts of guidance, resources, advice to companies looking to address this. Um, when we think about uh, the kind of traditional office environment, often that is where guidance is aimed, um, despite the fact that uh, actually over a third of all roles are not office-based, you know, wow. everything, health and social care, transport, skilled trades, service industry, construction, so many sectors are not. Um, what do you think would be either helpful um, in um, the, the conversation that happens in the business community in order to be more inclusive of non-office-based sectors or conversely, what would you, what kind of advice would you give senior business leaders in these sectors that sometimes are missed out on workplace mental health conversations? I think just start has to be mm. one and have the conversations, walk the floor. Like you said, leading with example, leading by example, you know, as a leader, you're not going to get it right all the time. That's for sure. I certainly don't. But uh, walk the floor, speak to people, mm. start start encouraging those conversations at every level, um, and then be led by the team as well. Ultimately, yes. they're the ones um, whose well being ultimately contributes a huge amount to the organisation as well, and makes it a more sustainable place. You know, all these things are ultimately intrinsically linked. Um, so I think it's super important. And as we said before. Uh, I think at the absolute core, look at your mission, vision, and values. You know, it sounds really cheesy, people bang on about it. Um, but if you set the values and the behaviors that match those values, um, often it's the values that drive the behaviors, right? So, uh, and then really kind of peel back and, and work from there, I think is absolutely crucial. Mm. Uh, and then just quietly sort of slot the rest of the pieces into the jigsaw. Just start yeah. somewhere. <laughs> you know, in for any comp, just like any complex project or um, or, or 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 issue, um, the starting often illuminates the next steps, um, and and it can be overwhelming. Uh, just like um, many other topics, especially you know within DNI, and it, it's it's where do we start? But often the starting gets the ball rolling, leads to all uncovering all sorts of information, and um, can po- can point for for the next step. You don't have to have 
the 10 point plan, but the vision can help lay a roadmap, I guess. For Absolutely. You need to get, get people involved. If you're not sure where mm. to start, present mm-hmm. the problem and um, yes, get everyone involved around the table for sure. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, so anything else uh, that you'd like to say? Um, kind of anything else around this topic? The, the only thing I would um, urge people to do is what you've just said earlier is, is just start, just have that conversation and I go from there. Brilliant. Thank you. And if anyone wants to find out more about Trafalgar Marquis, they have a Google, um, is uh, visit your website or find out more information. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> exactly that. Just have a Google or teamtrafalgar.co.uk. Brilliant. Thank you so much, James. Pleasure speaking with you this afternoon. Thanks very much for having me, Jen. Thank you so much for listening to Oakleaf at Work. Find out more about Oakleaf's charitable work, as well as the Mental Health Leaders Network on our website, oakleaf-enterprise.org, and reach out if you have any questions or comments to myself, Jen Clay. Thank you.